As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC podcast. I am Andy Staples, David Ubbin, not here today. He'll be back next week. But I am honored to be joined by Aaron Suttles, our Alabama beat writer. Aaron is uh, currently dodging emails from Alabama fans who believe that the Aflac Duck has uh, created the downfall of Alabama's program and uh, will keep Alabama from ever winning another national title. So, Aaron, uh, thoughts and prayers to you. Yeah, I need them. It is crazy because... Alabama fans have so little to complain about that these are the types of things that they do complain about when when the slightest adversity hits because they don't bad things don't happen to that program very often. Uh, but it is funny to watch watch them get nervous and and there are reasons to be nervous. Like they're going to a game against Arkansas this week where I, this is one where no, nobody outside the Alabama fan base probably in the Arkansas fan base that saw the game last year is going to say. Well, this is a dangerous game for Alabama. But anybody who watched that game is like, wait, you take away Devontae Smith returning punts. Arkansas did better against that Alabama offense than anybody, and this is not that Alabama offense. It, it's not, and, and they held him in check. He was That was his lowest production of the year, Devontae Smith, against Arkansas. And they're built yeah. the right way uh, on the lines to, to sort of limit Alabama. And you look at the problems Alabama has running the football – and if they can't throw the football, then it really comes down to Bryce sort of scrambling, which Mac didn't have last year, and that could make a difference in this year's game. But, yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm working on a story right now about sort of what you just said, that Alabama fans are not used to having <clears throat> much adversity. But So this year, the, the, the complaints that I'm hearing, I mean, Andy, I'm getting weekly. You know, New Mexico State goes down and drives and kicks a field goal, and I'm getting fire Pete Golding. I mean, I, and I've been getting fire Pete Golding tweets for <laughs> – Years now, and then then Alabama goes four and out, and I get fire Bill O'Brien. But here's the reality, and it's all relative. I, there are legitimate issues on this Alabama football team to be to, to be certain, but they are the only team in the country, Andy, that ranks in the top ten in, in offense and defense. So relatively, let's there are some issues, but it's not as bad as, as maybe it's being painted out to be. No, I mean they're still one of the best teams in the country. I, I think Will Anderson is the best player in the country right now. I think if, if if the Heisman vote were today, he would probably be number one on my ballot because he's been absolutely dominant. 
they're just not unstoppable on offense anymore. And, and you saw Texas A&M get a lot of pressure on them. You saw LSU get a ton of pressure on them. You saw LSU keep them from running the ball, which that I, I, I feel like, Aaron, that frustrates Alabama fans more than anything else is when they can't run the ball. They just want to they want to physically dominate to to put it in the parlance of Nick Saban, make his ass quit. And if you're only gaining two yards on the ground, you're not making anybody's ass quit. They've had issues at center. They've had issues at right tackle. They've had issues at left guard running the football. And it just hasn't been what it's been. I mean, last year, I mean, some of the things that Steve Sarkeesian got to call last year because of how good they were up front was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's not that way this year. And and Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien are being the, the fall guys for it. But they've got some issues up front. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see because this – I, I think Alabama will be fine against Arkansas, but I, I really do think we we, we got to get into this. Uh, our reader, David Fox, pointed this out because this this game is important for this scenario. So for, for those who don't know, there is still a possibility available that there could be a six-way tie in the SEC West. Now, this is sort of the inverse of the ACC Coastal because we, we all have the, that dream of everybody in the ACC Coastal finishing four and four because it's the most meh division in college football. The SEC West is probably the deep, strongest and deepest division in college football, but there is a possibility of a six-way tie. So Aaron, here we go. Are you ready for what needs to happen for the... All right. Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt this that'll week. Happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. Auburn beats South Carolina. The, the big one... Last week, because this, this has been some of the folks have been following this for a while. The big one last week that didn't seem possible at first when it was 28 3 Auburn was Mississippi State beats Auburn. But Mississippi State did beat Auburn. So I feel like destiny might be coming into to play here. So, so we got Auburn beating South Carolina, which would be a revenge game, by the way. They lost to South Carolina last year. Uh, Arkansas beats Alabama. We just laid out a path for you, albeit. Nothing's unlikely. crazy so far. Okay. You, I'm with you. In week 13, the game I am probably more excited for than any game left on the SEC schedule, the Egg Bowl. It's going to be bananas. Mississippi State has to win it. Where is that game this year? Is it Oxford or Starkville? That game is at Davis Wade Stadium. Clanga, 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 clanga. Telling you. That's... I think that's a challenge, but putting that in the in the friendly confines of Clanga Clanga makes that better. All right. Arkansas beats Missouri. Doesn't sound that implausible. That sounds like it's going to happen. Auburn wins the Iron Bowl. That would be the most far-fetched so far, but I have seen some really good Alabama teams go down to, to, to Jordan-Hare Stadium against teams that they should beat by multiple touchdowns, and lose. So I think some Alabama fan at that point will literally try to strangle the Aflac duck. Like, so, so, if there's an actual duck, I don't know if they model it on an actual duck, they will figure out where that duck lives. And so, like they need to put that duck into witness protection. Clearly it's a distraction yeah, to Coach Saban filming those commercials before the season. Well, you know he does them live. Like... He actually runs into another part of the stadium. Dion walks in. They film the commercial, and then he comes back and coaches the rest of the game. So, all right. So we got Arkansas beating Missouri. We expect that Iron Bowl won by Auburn. Texas A&M beats LSU. That doesn't seem that implausible. And there you have it: six teams 
That's it. I mean, I've seen parlays that hit that are less likely than that. Like 10-team parlays that are less likely than that scenario you laid out. So that is six teams atop the division at five and three and LSU. LSU is the only one that's not tied. And who is your SEC West champion? Who goes to Atlanta to face the Georgia Bulldogs in that scenario? The Auburn Tigers! (laughs) That would be the most Auburn Jesus thing of all time. (laughs) It would be amazing. (laughs) Because think of it. What SEC fan base is more... Okay, we'll take Florida out of this. What non-Florida SEC fan base is more upset right now at what just happened oh, yeah. than the Auburn fan And base. they have good reason to be. I yes. mean, 28-3, to three, that game's over. But Auburn's weird right now. There's just a weirdness around that program. I would have thought, I'd have told you before the season, if they got to 7-5, and five, I, I think that would have been the ceiling. And then they've played, they've played way better than I thought they would this year. You know, Bo had his wake-up game against Georgia State, and he's played great since then. The offensive line's been better than I thought they would be. The defense has been great under Derek Mason until Saturday <laughs> when the, the air raid got him. But I still – I haven't – I've watched the highlights on the SEC Network, Andy. I haven't seen how it went down. Obviously, did State's defense just rise up, or did Auburn just go completely dormant? Well, well State's defense is good. And that's that's the other thing is it was a little shocking that Auburn got out to that lead. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch every second of that game. I was I was I had it on a second TV, but I had to watch uh, the the uh, Samford offensive explosion in Gainesville because uh, Alan Taylor, a Florida beat writer, had his wife had a baby. That Congratulations, day. Alan. So, yeah, so so somebody had to catalog all of the Samford touchdowns. So but no, I mean. Here's the thing about Mississippi State. Their defense is very good, especially on the, the, the corners or NFL guys. When they can get some, some pressure, there's very little you can do against them. And so that's the problem. Once they start playing well, and, and also remember, Zach Arnett's scheme is, is pretty, pretty weird to deal with. It's, it, offenses don't like dealing with that. But once they, once they get going... It's it's tough to do much against them, and then once that offense gets rolling, because a lot of the air raid is so much about feel, and once once Will Rogers gets dialed in, they start. And and remember, this is Mississippi State has been this team this year. I mean, go back to the Louisiana Tech game. That's exactly what they've been all year. Is they get warmed up in the third quarter, and, and then they get going. We talked about the weirdness going on in Auburn. I don't cover them, but you know, I'm in the state. I follow enough Auburn writers and, and fans that I sort of know. They, there's this behind-the-scenes thing that, that sort of people have forgotten about that you know, Brian Harson has until December 8th to either get the vaccine or he can't coach there anymore. Now, there are, you know, there are exceptions, I guess, that could be made, and I don't want to get into to all that, but there's that weirdness of him not really saying – what he's done vaccination wise, there's some weirdness with the, you know, the, there's a new president um, coming in at, at some point. Um, yeah, it, it's weird, Andy, and I never thought I'd say this. In Florida, you've probably gone through this, you know, back in the Billy Donovan days with the Gators. There are times this season when Alabama has football has not been playing well where fans have literally texted me, I can't wait for basketball to start. And I feel like that's what's going on at Auburn, too. Like, it's weird times in this state. That that is that's what Florida was like in the in the Muschamp era, 
because yeah, they de- oh Billy's team's going to play, and it happened that Billy had one of the more likable teams he's ever had for for about two or three years during the Will Mess Champ era. But but yeah, no, you're exactly right. And and Bruce Pearl's teams are so much fun to watch, and so I, I get that. And same thing with Nate Oates it, in it Alabama. I mean, fans are really excited about basketball, and to the point where they're like, eh. Football's over with. You're number two in the country. And it's almost like we're not beating Georgia in the SEC championship game if we get there. Let's just <laughs> basketball season started. It's weird. They say that now. <laughs> when we're sitting here the Monday of championship week and Alabama's a play, about to play Georgia and Atlanta, I know I'm just just pooping all over our six-way tie. But, you know, when when that when that happens and Alabama's about to play Georgia, I, I think they'll get engaged. I think they'll they'll re-engage and be like, no, 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 we, we're going to beat them. And they'll probably talk themselves into thinking Alabama's going to beat Georgia, which right now I, I just don't see happening. Yeah, and, and the other thing about Auburn that, that we need to remember, and this does may – this kind of goes into our six-way tie thing a little bit. Uh, Bo Nix out for the rest of the regular season. He confirmed on social media that he's got to have surgery on his ankle. So – yeah, you know, we, we'll we'll see if what this offense looks like, and we we've seen kind of glimpses of it, but it, it, it's just going to be a different different experience, and and it could be a strange end of the season for Auburn. And I, it's weird because anytime that the the Iron Bowls at Jordan Hare, like I don't count them out. I just can't. You cannot. And here's what you mentioned. You know. Bo going down is a is a huge hit to them, and we'll see because people don't realize this. Nick Saban has never beaten a nine win an Auburn team that finished the season with nine wins, and so when Bo going down, that that sort of you know takes that element out of play for Auburn. But there's also the fact that, and, and I haven't looked at it in the last week. You, you start you start spinning it forward for Brian Harson and the staff. Andy, they're ranked thirteenth out of fourteenth in recruiting in the SEC, or they were. So you can't even get excited about recruiting. I mean, you got an early signing day coming up, and they're they're only in front of Vanderbilt, Auburn. It makes no sense to me. It is it is very very strange, but we'll see with with TJ Finley now. TJ Finley, it, Auburn goes to play South Carolina this week. TJ Finley had an incredible game against South Carolina last year, except as LSU's quarterback, which is LSU suddenly like playing well. It's, it's just weird into this. Yeah. This is a weird college football year all the way around. It, it is very strange. And, and LSU's team has not quit on Ed Orgeron. I think that was that was the narrative being pushed when Orgeron got fired. But they absolutely haven't quit on him. I mean, you saw it before they even announced he got fired. Now, he'd already been fired when they played Florida. But you, you knew they were playing hard for him because you, you watched him beat Florida. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Speaking of playing hard for your coach in Florida, uh, 70 to 52 well, not, not against basketball. Samford. Not basketball, football. No. No, that was not that was not a Wednesday night November non-con basketball game. Because that is a perfect score for that game. Like if you if you saw Florida 70, Samford 52 come across the ticker on a Wednesday night in November, you'd be like, oh, that sounds about right. Mike White seems like he has a pretty good team this year. <laughs> it's odd, and I don't cover them. Um, I can only give you my perception of Dan, you know, in, in covering the league. He just comes across sort of, I'm smarter than you, a little bit smug. Um, I don't know how that plays with players. They, you know, the whole the way he, I'm sure you and Ari and you and David have discussed, you know, his recruiting comments, how aloof that kind of seems in this part of the country. It's just, I don't know. I've always felt that Lane Kiffin, and maybe I'm, I mean, I may be being proved wrong by Lane Kiffin. I always felt like Lane Kiffin was a prime example of the Peter principle where you're sort of promoted beyond your level of competence. Right. Rise to the level of your own. Incompetence. Yeah. Yes. And so like, I always thought Lane was one of the best offensive coordinators I've ever seen, but I just didn't know if he had it head coach. I just wonder if that's, and you can't really say that with Dan though. Cause he's won at Mississippi state. It's just, it's weird. I thought it would be a great fit. He's won Florida, at Florida. And it's <laughs> yeah. just, this year has gone real sideways on him. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you you look at what they've had to do. Now, they fired Todd Grantham. That was the thing. Everybody wanted Dan Mullen to fire Todd Grantham. They fired Todd Grantham, and you watch Sanford hang 52 on them, and you realize Todd Grantham wasn't the problem on defense. He was the one keeping the lack of talent on defense from being exposed. You take him away, and that's how you get Sanford scoring 52 points. And listen, they're playing Missouri this week. Basilak didn't look great against South Carolina. I think they finished the game with Brady Hook anyway. Uh, but no matter who they wind up playing at quarterback, they're going to score. Now, Florida's offense should be able to score on Missouri's defense. But this game could turn into a shootout. It is very much in question whether Florida can beat Missouri or Florida State. And here's the problem when you get into that argument, Aaron. Like, where Florida should be, it should not be a question of whether they can beat those two teams this year. Like that should be a given, and their question—the only the only question Florida should have is where they stack up against Georgia, and that's where they should Correct. be in that league, and that's not what it's been this season. And, and Dan is—I don't know—he's he's got PR people. He needs to listen to them more. I don't know. It's just uh, the handling of it has not been good, and it, it looks—I mean, what what are, what are the what are the Florida fans saying this week? Oh, they're furious. They're they're I I would I think they're they're done with him. I, for the most part, there there's still group pockets of them that say, "Oh, he can turn it around," but I think for the most part, they're pretty much done with him. And it's it's more they look long term. You mentioned this with Auburn, and their recruiting doesn't look very good for this year. Now, this is Brian Harson's first full recruiting cycle at Auburn, so perhaps that's forgivable. Although it's the SEC, nothing nothing is forgivable when it comes to finishing 13th out of 14th in recruiting. Uh, Florida is ninth currently in the SEC in team recruiting rankings. Now, that could change. They're still in on some top 100 guys, but they're behind South Carolina. They're behind Missouri right now. Uh, they, they've lost a couple commitments a few weeks ago. On, I believe, Friday of this past week, they lost a 2023 commit who flipped to Georgia, an in-state receiver who flipped to Georgia. And so... That's the bigger problem, I think, is is the trajectory issue at Florida. Is it'd be one thing if they had this great recruiting class coming in, and you say, okay, well, that's that's no big deal. You know, this will get turned around real quick. It doesn't look like they have that coming in, and Dan has never recruited that way. Um, you know, 
So Kirby Smart had nine top 50 players in the class of 2018. That was that was Dan Mullen's first recruiting class. Now, he, he had just gotten the job, so you don't kill him for that. Do you know how many top 50 recruits Dan Mullen has signed in four classes at Florida? Two? Four. Yeah. Georgia has signed 23 in the same span. Here's what... I don't think enough people, because it's a it's a new rule that I think can really help Brian Harson at Auburn and Dan Mullen at, at Florida out, is you can sign 32 guys this year. Correct. So, and if you're not great at recruiting, you can you can raid the transfer portal. So you can your roster can turn over fairly quickly if you get a lot of guys that aren't playing at other schools that you feel like make maybe can help your help your your team out. And it's not I mean it is recruiting, but it's not recruiting in the traditional way. Well, if you look at Florida, they've that's what they've done. I mean, the transfer portal has been pretty pretty good to them, but the the problem is it's hard to build a, a national title contender relying on the cha- transfer portal because this defense would be even worse. Like they got Daquan Newkirk, they got Antonio Shelton. Newkirk's from Auburn, Shelton's from Penn State. Uh, those guys play big roles on the defensive line. Brenton Cox, now he's not a, a immediate transfer eligibility guy because he transferred before all that stuff changed but he's a transfer from georgia he starts on the d-line uh stuart reese transfer from mississippi state starts on the offensive line uh justin shorter who was one of their better receivers the other day and has been for for most of this season penn state transfer so they have rated the the transfer portal but you you're gonna have to do kind of like a mel tucker-esque job in the transfer portal where like michigan state brought in 12 new starters from the portal this year and it totally changed everything for them. So I, I do think if, if Mullen's still around, which at this point it does not look real good for him, if he's still around, they, they, would, they would have to really hit the portal hard. Yeah, and I think it's a possibility. I mean, because Alabama's going to have more guys. They've already had two or three guys enter the portal. It's these top schools, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, when you stockpile that talent and guys aren't playing, they have options now. And, you know, it's going to be easier for them to go. And I think some other programs who aren't, who, who aren't doing as great a job in recruiting can supplement that way. Well, and, and I mean, and you can look at it. Florida will get a, a firsthand example of it in, what, 12 days when, uh, when Florida State comes to town because Jermaine Johnson is far and away Florida State's best player. And he was a rotation guy at Georgia. And he has been awesome at Florida State. And I, I remember seeing him at spring, at spring practice and going, oh, my God, that guy's amazing. And then I thought – Wait, what does that mean about Georgia's defense? Well, Alabama's got a couple examples too, like Brandon Turnage at Tennessee is having a great year. People forget Jerome Ford at Cincinnati was at Alabama, and he couldn't even crack the, <laughs> the depth chart, and and now he's doing great up there. Well, and and you're seeing it like Ohio State. What's the best example that Ohio State has the best receiving core in the country that Jamison Williams couldn't get on the field, and he's. One of Alabama's best receivers. He is their best receiver. John Mechie's great, yeah, yeah. but without 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 Jamison Williams, Alabama, whew, their offense would be um, no explosion whatsoever. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's not just the schools that that have trouble getting the the top one hundred guys. It's it's everybody needs to hit the portal every once in a while. Uh, th- this is not an ACC podcast, but I, I know it, regionally everybody's interested. It will be interesting when Clemson starts dipping into the portal, which I think will happen this year because they've not done it. And I think that's just more competition for, for everybody. 
in this deal. But but yeah, I, I will be curious to see how Florida reacts because if they play the way they played defensively on Saturday, Missouri could literally score 100 points on them. Man, that's just... I mean, it's, it's, it's tougher than ever to play defense. And then once you lose your confidence and you don't have an identity, which now that at least, I mean, at least, at least, you know, they had an identity with Grantham. Um, I mean, at least his identity is super aggressive. But I don't know. I would be worried right now if I were Florida. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's a lot of its effort, want to, all that stuff. And, you have not seen that on the defensive side of the ball from Florida since the Georgia game. They're going to have to find it. Otherwise, it's going to get real ugly. And, and if, they lo- if they lose to Missouri and Florida State, I don't think there's any way they keep Dan Mullen. I don't think there's any hope for that. You know what? Dan needs to call Sarkeesian. And for a week, they need to loan out Bo Davis. And Bo Davis needs to give a speech. <laughs> Just come yelling at everybody. To that, the Florida guys. But and that tell didn't them that- work, here, and They lost to Kansas. <laughs> but at least he tried. The whole and you've played you so you know what it's like and it, if you played at certain high school programs you know how salty that language is. but the whole fake outrage over what Bo did like it's more outrageous Wasn't what that really, player was anybody actually outraged? Yeah, TMZ's running headlines like Bo Davis is some some murderer like get out of here like football's not for you if you can't take that. I was laughing because I was thinking. That, that whoever leaked it, I'm assuming it was a player, but whoever leaked it was like, oh, I'm going to get him. And then it gets leaked and everybody's like, no, we love Bo Davis more about because of this. This is pretty awesome what Bo Davis was saying. It was a perfect microcosm of what's wrong with Texas. The player leaking that. You're the problem, not the coach. You're the problem. Right. Bo Davis is not the problem. You need to be listening to him. <laughs> yeah. If Dan can loan out Bo Davis for a week, that, that might fire Florida up. That's right. <laughs> Rent a bow. <laughs> or how about rent a coach O? Like, yeah. I, I have I firmly believe that Ed Orgeron is the best interim coach in the history of college football. And like he should just rent himself out from here on in. If you fired your head coach or or you're thinking of firing your head coach, but you don't really feel like you have an interim, you fire your head coach and Ed Orgeron walks in and he's like, All right, cookies on the training table, let's roll. Because he, all the things that, that that he has trouble with, where he he'll get tight and he'll try to micromanage, he doesn't do any of that when he's the interim guy. And if you know he's got plenty of money now, but it, I know he said he just wants to eat cheeseburgers, but in retirement. But if, it would honestly wouldn't surprise me if he ended up if if Lane's at Old Miss next year, if he's there too. Oh, that would be oh man that that would be great for Ole Miss. And and the thing is, Lane has been fantastic, and this is a situation where a guy. A guy winning like this at Ole Miss normally would would really light the carousel up and people like, oh, Lane could go to this and this. I don't think LSU is going to hire Lane, even though I think he'd do great there. Uh, if Florida opens, I don't think they would consider him, even though Lane would be great there. I think Ole Miss has got him for a little while, and that could be great for Ole Miss. I would love to see Lane at Florida. I'd also like to see Hugh Freeze at Florida. Um that's another discussion. They, but if they won't consider Lane, they definitely won't consider Hugh. So that's well. Here's the thing: it, it, you know, 15 years ago, Ole Miss couldn't compete, and when it came to salary, we can't outbid you. Well, every program in the SEC, that money's not an issue. I mean, there are certain programs that have right. more of it, but like if 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 Ole Miss wants to match anybody making an offer to Lane Kiffin, they can do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's got it set up now where he's got those skill guys coming in. They know the offense and you're, you're going to lose corral, but you've got a chance to handpick your quarterback. And uh, 
Uh, we'll, we'll twist the knife on the Florida fans a little more. Remember who was committed to Florida when uh, when Dan Mullen got the job? That would be Matt Corral. Yeah, Alabama Florida with him when he when he transferred to. Also Jamar Chase, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that one hurts. <laughs> Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is going to be a, a very fascinating next couple weeks in the SEC because we don't know what's going to happen at Florida. And, uh, you know, I, I don't – if you're Scott Strickland, the AD, at this point, what do you say? You don't say anything. You just sort of let it play out. Um, I think you got to do your work behind the scenes in case you have to make a change. What's that number? What's the buyout number? So the buyout's a really interesting one. It's $12 million. We're $6 million up front and then six payments of $1 million for six years. I was thinking about this because it, it does have mitigation, which <laughs> past Florida contracts, and this is pre-Scott Strickland, but past Florida contracts did not. So like Will Muschamp was allowed to double dip. When he was, when he was Auburn's D.C. and even when he was the, the head coach at South Carolina, he's still getting paid by Florida at that point. Uh, this one has mitigation. So that's the interesting way thinking about how it's structured because – Dan Mullen, you would think, is probably going to get another head coaching job uh, or a, a super high-paying offensive coordinator job. E- either one, he's going to make more than a million dollars a year during that period. So Florida's not even going to have to pay that. Like, if I were Dan and I got fired, I would ask Jimmy Sexton to get me like $8 million or $8.5 million flat. I think here's a guy that... I think would be good at Florida. I don't know what what's going to be on Strickland's sort of checklist of what of if he, if he wants a guy that's had a Power Five job before. But Billy Napier is a pretty good coach. I think Billy Napier is going to be one they look at at LSU, and if Florida opens, also Florida because he's a process oriented guy, Saban guy, and a Clemson, uh, Alabama. That people forget. So when Dabo got the interim job at Clemson. One of the first things he did was fire Rob Spence, who was the offensive coordinator, and made Billy the play caller. Now, he ended up firing Billy, which kind of launched, like bringing Chad Morrison kind of launched what they were offensively. But Billy then goes, becomes one of the, the first Nick Saban school for wayward coaches coaches. And, you know, Brody Miller, our, our LSU writer, did a fantastic Billy Napier story last week at The Athletic. If you, if you get a chance, please read it. Uh, you will you will come away very impressed and see exactly why people who know these guys and who, who follow the coaching world very closely look at him as someone who might run a program the way that Kirby Smart does or the way that Nick Saban does. Very good recruiter. 
very good recruit. He's a little low, little uh, sort of low key, not not a big um, big presence yet. But I think that could change with the right job. Well, and that's that's the interesting thing is I think both obviously LSU understands the importance of recruiting. Florida, if they make a change, I think you err you err on the side of recruiting over on field coaching. You have to just for, perce- just for perception. You, I think you have to. Well, and it's the only way to get what you actually want. What do you you want to win a national title? The only way to win a national title is to cr- recruit the way that Georgia does, the way that Alabama does, the way that LSU does. It's the only way. So we'll we'll see how they how they do that going forward. But I think if you're Scott Strickland and you're doing the work right now, that's what you got to consider. And and you know that brings in other people. But it, here's the thing. I don't know that Florida is as good a job as the people at Florida think it is. There's a lot of, well, this is Florida. Okay, what is Florida? It's a place that's won a couple, it's won three national titles. Both, uh, all three were won by Hall of Fame coaches who then later burned out at the job. And, and I mean, Steve Spurrier said the wins started to feel like a relief and, and the losses were hor- horrific. And that's why he decided to try the NFL. And, and Urban Meyer, we all know what happened there. So... It's a job that's very hard. It, it is going to chew people up and spit them out. But the same could be said for Alabama, for LSU. And it's a great time to take that Florida job because relatively the other programs in the state aren't humming. So if you've got the right coach in there, you're going to get you're going to get all those recruits. People are going to want to start coming to Florida again. It's a it's a it's the right time for Florida to sort of rebound. Yeah, and this is this is the other issue I think if you're Scott Strickland is that you have to consider right now is. You don't want Florida, like Florida State just beat Miami. Florida State was horrific to start. They were terrible. They lost to Jacksonville State, but they've gotten better and better every week. They just beat Miami. If they come in and beat you, well, that's another that's that's a that's a recruiting issue, a trajectory issue. But also, Mike Norvell has Travis Hunter, who's the number one overall recruit according to twenty four seven in the twenty twenty two class, committed has been committed since before Mike Norvell ever coached a game at Florida State. And yeah, now they've got three guys. They got they got two top fifty guys, and then they've got the, the quarterback from IMG, who's a top one hundred guy. The classes between Florida and Florida State don't look that different beyond those guys, but they've got those guys, so you have to consider it. Yeah, Florida doesn't. So, Aaron, what what are you most excited to see this weekend? Is it is it Alabama, Arkansas? Excited. Um... Probably just you know they they've had they had to make some changes on the offensive line due to some injury and I'm wondering if that opened up some debate because I, I'm I'm of the opinion listen Nick Saban knows more than I'll ever know but there are times he is uh, I think he's a little too loyal maybe a little too beholden to guys when there's obvious better players behind them I think that's been the case this year with Chris Owens um, and the fact that he's still playing but. I think maybe you know seeing some different guys this week. Even though you got to factor in the 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 competition, New Mexico State, and how bad they are, um, maybe seeing some of those guys. Maybe it shakes it up this week. I'm, I'm interested to see what the the starting five will be this weekend. Yeah, because if Alabama can come and dominate Arkansas, that's a really good win, and and that tells you okay, they're they're getting in position to to hit this stretch run and and be good during this stretch one because. Uh, that's we didn't mention this during we were talking coaching carousel. 
I know Sam Pittman plans to retire at Arkansas and, and probably is going to be a man of his word on that, that front. <laughs> he seems, just strikes me as that. But if I have an opening, Aaron, if I'm LSU, if Florida opens up, like I try to shoot a money cannon at Sam Pittman and just see what he says. Like, because he, he's recruiting great right now, too. You, you talked about him, and, and I, I still feel like mo- most of the country doesn't know about him. So, first seven games Will Anderson played at Alabama, zero sacks. Okay? Since that time, which would be, what, 16 games? In 16 games since then, over last year and this year, 19 and a half. Whoa! Wow. Zero in his first seven, and all of a sudden, he's... And, and, and the crazy part is, people know him. I mean, the coaches know him. They're game planning for him, and they still can't stop him. I mean, he's a walking so, quarterback how, pressure. How will Sam Pittman, offensive line coach by trade, game plan for Will? I can't wait to see that. That's, uh, you know, they... they it's, it's crazy because we, we started the show talking about this, and you talked about how it was Devontae's worst statistical game as a receiver last year now obviously on special teams he was he made a huge impact on the game uh so people who watched it were like well no Devontae Smith had a great game but not as a receiver so they dropped eight they basically dropped eight they couldn't throw the ball Barry Odom and Sam Pittman like I want to see what they got for Alabama I I think that's going to be fun and if, and if Alabama can overcome that and and play a great game then that gives me more more confidence that Alabama can go to to Auburn and win the Iron Bowl that Alabama can can play with Georgia and Atlanta. Like I need to see that at this point because I'm not as confident. I'm I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do anything untoward to the Affleck Duck. I, I feel like you know Nick Saban has has been properly engaged this season. I just think this is. I think this, this is this year's team. It's not as easy to win when you don't have the superstars they had last year. Yeah, and you got. You know, players on social media talking about quitting and Jaleel Billingsley's dropping passes every game. There are a lot, a lot of issues with this team. Yeah, so this is going to be this is going to be an interesting week for for Alabama, for Arkansas, for our six way tie. We'll see. It's it's as Aaron said, there are ten team parlays that have hit that were less likely than this. There was so. nothing you read off. I'm like. Or that's not possible. Everything that you read off yes. could happen. Alabama, Arkansas beating Alabama is feels like the least possible of it. So that's the game. If you are a fan of the potential six-way tie in the SEC West, that's the game you're glued to this weekend. That's what game one of the games we'll be glued to. Of course, we're watching them all. And we will be back next Monday to break it all down on Football and Grits. Mm-hmm.